what I want to share with you, uh, first I would love to be there in person, I'd love to meet, meet all the new Bacharim, and see the old Bacharim, uh, uh, as my recovery goes goes along, I will be able to start driving again, I will be able to come in person, uh, I'm looking forward to that opportunity, uh, Beth Hashem will hopefully will be there for Shabbos as well, in the not the distant future, but not before the Yom, the Yom Tovim. So practically, you're probably going to you're going to see me on this big screen, um, and this guy with this big white beard on the screen, tall, you know, guys, and that's about as much as you know about me. Um, I would actually take off my jacket, but in honor of the zebra, I'm going to uh, uh, the, the cover of the zebra. We're going to wear wear a jacket. One day we'll get together. We'll do it a little less, a little bit less impersonal, more in, more in, in person. Uh, we'll do it, do it on our shirt sleeves. Okay. I want to share with you a Meshachachma in last week's parsha. Uh, I saw it uh, Thursday night and it, uh, it spoke to me tremendously and it gave me a lot to think about and I think it would be something to share, to think about uh, in general and, and specifically in, about, in, in the context of the Yom and the Rome which are coming to us. There's a famous Pasuk which I'm go- I, you're all familiar with the Pasuk. I'm not going to be touching the Pasuk in the standard way. So let's just get the Pasuk out there. All of you know what the Pasuk's talking about. You know, the Rizal, etc., the Rambam. Get that off the table. Um, the next Pasuk says, that you're going to then be so now the 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 uncle the, the touches the Pasik instead of that which you had an opportunity to serve a serve when you had all this good and you and you chose not to, you're now going to be forced to serve your enemies in the situations of famine, nothing to drink, nothing to eat, you're going to be without clothing, and missing everything. So that's the Pesach says. There's a famous Gemara, um, which Baruch Hashem, you know, one of the one of the tovis that the singers have done to Klai Yisrael is they've introduced Chazals to Tamidim, which you're not necessarily familiar with. So there's a Gemara in the Sechlis Ladorim, um, in, in, in the fourth parak. The Gemara says, B'chor Sekol, you're going to be serving your, it says you're going to be Birav, Ubitsama, Ubeirim. You have nothing. I'm missing everything. I mean, that, if, if you're Burav or Bitsama or Be'erim, you're missing everything. What's Bechor Sekol? What else are you missing? So Chazal say it's referring to Das. The Kayach of Das of understanding. Then the Gemara continues and says, the Dabe, Kula Be, the Dabe, the Dabe, the Dabe, the Dabe, the Dabe, the Dabe, the I don't know if they sing it anymore. They used to sing it to Rabbi Chassas and stuff like that. Right? So the Gemara says, if you have Das, what are you missing? If you don't have Das, what do you have? So that's Bechor Serko. So, nice piece of Gemara. What, what's so significant about not having Das? What is Das, etc.? One question. But m- more compelling is if that's what Bechor Serko means, so the pasuk before atachas hashem levat hashem lekecho besimcha v'tuv levav meiroiv kol meiroiv kol is referring to das. 
right? So if you have, you had an opportunity to serve a Kodesh Baruch Hu, the Simcha Matuv Lev Lov, when you had so much Das, and you didn't use that opportunity, so now you're going to lose it. So what's this, the Besimcha Matuv Lev Lov, that you have so much Das? As a matter of fact, the Pesach says in Kehelis, Yosef Das is Yosef Machoiv. The more Das you have, the more pain you have. So why is Das such a good thing when the Pesach says that Yosef Das is Yosef Machoiv? It makes it worse. Right? Sometimes it's good that ignorance is bliss, English says, tells us, right? right? Famous English saying, if I don't know, I don't know. If I know and I realize all of the, the, how bad it's going to be, and the doctor says, you know what? You know, sir, you have a little bit of an illness. We need to address it. Well, the doctor says, you know, I want to tell you the details of the illness. This is the, this is the probabilities. Whether you, you know, it's more scary sometimes. So, is there if das? Why is that a good thing having das? What is das? And why is it a good thing? What does it mean that you should have simcha of a two level of may roiv curl of this das? So, Meshachachma continues and he quotes a Gemara in Brachas. Gemara Brachas in Daphne Ches on the on, on the, the the halacha that if you see a tremendous amount of Kali Yisrael, you see a klusim shay Yisrael, which is six hundred thousand people. You make a bracha, Baruch Chachama Rozim. Baruch HaTashem Elokeinu Malach Elam, Chachama Rozim. So the Morris has a story with Ben Zoyim. One time he was standing in Harabayas. And he said that the Baruch did a toiva, he traded all these people to Shamshani. Everybody out there is there to serve me. So the Morris said, that sounds pretty egotistic or egotistic. He says, it's true. He says, Adam Arishan, when Adam Arishan wanted to go out to, to eat something, so he had a plant and then he had a weed, and he had a plow, and he had a water, and eventually he had a harvest, he, he had a thresh, he takes it, he grinds it, he makes flour, and now he has bread. He says, I go to the store, and I have bread right away. person wants to put on clothing, so he has to go and shear the sheep, and he has to, to, to comb the wool, and he has to, to clean the wool, and then he has to spin the wool, then he has to set up the loom, and he has to make a piece of clothing. He says, me, I go to the store, there's a piece of clothing. How much difficulty Adamarishan had to be involved that before he was able to get everything that he needed. And for me, it's available easily. He, everybody, every person in society it affects everybody else. I mentioned to you once that Rebizela Pliskin said a beautiful exercise he was actually discussing in Yenavakar Satoiv. He wanted to be Makar What goes into having a cup of coffee? He likes his cup of coffee in the morning. How much goes into a cup of coffee? So start thinking about what goes into a cup of coffee. So you think about it, the coffee beans are grown, for the most part, in Brazil. So there's the people who work in the plantations, and then there's all the people who work in the plantations, which harvest, etc. Well, then they put it, how to get to me? So they put it into, into these trucks. Trucks go onto the roads. Who built the roads? They bring it to the ports. Who built the ports? It goes onto ships. Who made the ships? It comes to America. If they unload it from the ships. Who unloads the ships? Okay. So then, then they process it in the processing machine. But who made? So who made the trucks? Who made the roads? Who made the? Where do you get the fuel? How much is involved in getting the coffee here? Okay, coffee is not enough without the water. How do you get water? The infrastructure of of of, of the the water system, which was which was laid a hundred years ago, and how? What would it be like if you had to go to the well every single time you needed water? Like how many people are involved in getting the water water to me? And what about the, the heat, heating up the, the water? And what about the sugar? And what about the cup? And what about the saucer? And what about the kettle? And what about the gas on the kettle? 
He says, he realized, if you start thinking about it, there's probably about 500,000 people are involved in making me a cup of coffee every morning. And that's before you get to the milk. Right? Then you have to start adding the milk also. He says, hundreds of thousands of people are involved in providing me with a cup of coffee. That's what Benzema was saying. That this process requires an input of hundreds of thousands of people. He says, but, but I get it. For, I get it, Mamish Mazuma, and it's ready to go. He says, you know, if that's true in Gashemias, think about Ruchlingias. Chazal say that Akiv is Shema Avram Bakali. Avram lived to be 175. Akiv is a Gematria 172. So it means at the age of three years old, Avram started being misburned and thinking about a Kurdish the, the Kashi is, the, the Ramam says that, 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 that Avram Avinu was 48 years old when he was Makar as Barak. So Ramam says that Avram Avinu spent 45 years being misbidden in the Kaddish Baruch. It took him 45 years to figure this out. Right? So he lived in a world where there was no master running the world. He lived in a world where man was not important because if there's no master and you're just controlled by the, the, by the natural whims of the, of the gods... So who cares about a man? Right? He lived in a world where there was no importance of doing chesed to anybody else because there's no source of a lesson to that. The world was a cruel, the natural world. Right? The law of, the, going back to the, the laws of nature is everybody cares about themselves. Survival of the fittest means and everybody else, who cares about? Right? And Arama Vina realized that there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a master and there's a creator and that he cares that he's loving, and that therefore I have to also be loving. He, that each life is valuable to him, and there's a value to my life. That the Russian has a purpose for the world, and therefore my life has a purpose. Can you imagine going from the moment to thinking that your life was purposeless to the moment that your life was purposeful? That, you know what, okay, you walk the face of the earth, and... The fact that you've been here is a total waste of time. Nobody could care less that you've ever been here. It's, it's not important. When you're gone, we, we, we put you into the box, and goodbye, who cares? You know how painful that is, such a thought? I once heard from a, 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 a Yid, he, he was very involved in the cure of, uh, with the, the Russians clandestinely before the, the, the Iron Curtain was broken. He came down. And afterwards as well. So he was very involved in bringing, you know, he was running it, he was involved in it. And uh, he was, there was, he had people working on the ground in, in Russia. And one of them asked him, he wants that they have boys who Baruch Hashem have come from, they want to come to America to go to yeshivas, and they have to arrange yeshivas for them. So he came to work with these boys to prepare them, get them ready to bring them to America to yeshivas. So he's asked one of the boys, you know, what motivated you to change your life from being not from to becoming from? What was the motivation? So he said, you know, that the out there, it was very cold, and in here it's very warm. That's what he said. So says the, pers- the person saying over the story says, I don't know what he meant exactly. A little while later, he's in a different city. He asked another boy the same question. He says, before I could do whatever I want, and now I can't. And that's why I became from. So he looked at him. He says, what do you mean? I mean, you know, we, we, we love, just do whatever you want. That's so gishmak. Nobody tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. You know, we don't like them. We're told what to do. You know, 
I would be careful. But now that you told me not to, that I should be careful. I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm going to show you that, you know, don't tell me what to do. You know, that, that's the problem which we have in life, right? And here, this kid is saying, see, he realized what the boy was saying. He says, if you're unimportant and you're worthless, whatever you do is not important. So there's no difference whether you do this or you do that. Somebody who's important, significant, what he does is important. So you walk in the streets, have you ever had the experience you walk in the lower in the lower the lower Manhattan and you see drunks in the street? Right? If you ever go to San Francisco, you'll see homeless people in the street. You see a drunk lying in the streets in the Bowery, and he's totally dead drunk. Right? Okay, his life has seemingly no purpose. So he's drunk. The person's a pilot of a plane and he's drunk, that's a problem. Because since he has a role to play, his actions make a difference. If I can't do whatever I want, that means I have a role to play. If I can do whatever I want, whatever I want, that really means that whatever I do doesn't make a difference. I have no role to play in this world. So that's the understood. That's what the boy meant. The world where there's no purpose and there's no rules, and whatever you do is okay, is a world which is very cold. And the world where there is a purpose, and you can't do whatever you want because there is, there is a reason behind something, is a world which is very warm. Avramovino found that world. Kama Yagiyas Yoga Avramovino to figure that out. And for me, it's on a platter. I wake up in the morning and I know that I'm important. I know the Brusham has a purpose for me. I know the Brusham wants to hear from me. I know the Brusham cares about me. Avramovino didn't know that. He lived in a world with the, that, that their message was nobody cares. There's no God who cares, couldn't care less whether you exist or not. So if you, yeah, yeah, nish, nish, you know, not important. Murder, it's also okay, because who, what's the difference? And we live in a world where, what do you mean? Life is sacred. Life has value. I had a, had a, a, a balabas that I learned with, who's a very, he's a partner in a law firm, and he one time told me that he was talking to some some other individuals, and they like you know, they find it very strange that this man is an Orthodox Jew. He's a extremely successful lawyer, and you know he can do whatever he wants, and he's limiting himself to all these different things. Like you know, like you know, why why do you do that? So he said, "What do you why do I do that? This way, I, I'm living in a wonderful world." He says, "What do you mean?" He says, "What do you mean?" He says, "You know, we all want to be good people. We want to do what's right, and not do what's wrong." What's right and what's wrong? How do you know? How's human being supposed to figure that out? Am I supposed to support this or be against this? Logic tells you this. Logic tells me that. There's an argument. This. I don't know what to do. I'm paralyzed. I don't have any questions. I wake up in the morning. This is Shulchan telling me what to do. I don't know for sure. There's people who do know, and they and I ask them. They tell me what to do. What's right and what's wrong. I know how to run my life in a way which I know is purposeful. I know is I'm doing something which is important. I know I'm doing something which is good. I know that I'm following the dictates of my heart to be a good person. So how how can I not be happy? That a human being should figure out himself? You got it in your mind. I once had this aura. I said this over a few years ago. I doubt there's anybody here who remembers it. What are the, the, every single morning you you say you, you start davening, so you say praises to Hashem, brachas, etc., and you start saying tefillahs. What are your first two tefillahs of every morning? What are the first two things you daven for every single morning? You daven for 
that the Bershom's words, the Torah should be sweet, should be geschmack. I'm not doing it because I'm forced to do it, because I have to do it. I'm doing it because I want to do it. It's geschmack. And, I should be accustomed to doing it. I should do it by roads. Now that's a shekel of stira. If it's because it's harlon, and it's geschmack, and it's exciting, so then it's not because of targilenu b'sarasecha. I'm just used to doing it. I do it. Right? Why are you put on tefillin this morning? Because that's what I do every morning. You know, because I'm targilenu b'sarasecha. No, you put on tefillin with kavana and geshmak and excitement. Which one? Make up your mind. The first tefillin we say every single morning are stira. No, they're not. Imagine we decide. You know what? I don't want to do anything by rote. Everything's going to be with a, a conscious decision. So I wake up in the morning, and I say, you know, should I dive in this morning? I don't know. Let's take the possibilities. Let's go through the study of why it's important to daven, why not. So I sit there and I think through all of the possibilities, why it's important to daven, and why it's not, and I go back and forth, and I argue with myself, and I finally said, you know what? It's a good idea to daven. Okay, that's about a half an hour. Okay, should I watch Nagovasa this morning? I go through the same thing. I make a decision. I think about it, and I, and I make a conscious decision. I think it's the right thing. I decided, I decided. I thought about it, and I decided. You know, you're three hours into the day, and you're, you're, you're exhausted, and you've gotten through Nagovasar, putting on tefillin, and Kriyashma. There's a joke about a bucher that had problems coming to the Shacharis. So the, the Meshkiah told me, he says, the next time you're late for Shacharis, you're done. you got to wake up in time for Shacharis. The next day, the boy walks in late for Shacharis. He walks in really late. So the, 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 the Rebbe says to him, like, how are you talking? He says, Rebbe, I have on time. I woke up on time. He says, no. He says, I had this major fight with my Yetzirah about getting up for davening. No. I won. So where were you? He says, I was so exhausted from the fight, I went back to sleep. Imagine everything had to be a decision. Everything had to be, should I keep Shabbos or not? Every time I walk by the, by the, by the, 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 the light switch, I debate about myself, you know, I'm not sure I really believe it. I do believe it. I don't believe it. Let's rise. Let's, you got in your mind. Targeted Masara Sefer. Tara is part of who we are. It's natural to us. It's instinctive. Okay, but if you do it by rote, it's Mitzvah It has no value. No, the heart of no, it should be geschmack, it should be exciting. I need both parts of it. But where, how do I know that this is true? Because the Russian gave it to me. He gave it to my office. Imagine I would have to figure that I'd be a Roman and I'm figuring this out myself. There's so much understanding and clarity in our lives that the Bershom gave us mamish on a silver platter. That's the Rav Karls, that the Bershom gave us. Can you imagine living a life without that? We'd be so confused and so frustrated and so depressed and so unhappy. You should have been going out of your kalim from, from a course of taiv. Because you have Rav Kol, you have so much das, you have so much understanding and clarity of what life is about, what what why you're here, what the Russian wants from you. I know that I'm doing is valuable. I know that he's listening. Imagine I go start talking to the wall. I'm not sure if he's listening. Now, how many days can you do that? So you know, you say, listen, I was raised to do that. I do it. Why? Why? Because you know, because that's what you're supposed to do. Truth is, I'm not sure if he's listening anyway or not. You know, eventually, at some point in your life, you get you get sick and tired of that. I know he's listening. I know that he cares. Every single field accounts. He might not give me the answer that I want, but I know he's listening. I know that when, when, if, 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 I, if, if I'm careful, if somebody else is covered, the Russian cheshman's that. If I'm not the Russian cheshman's that. 
Everything I do has a value. The Russian has a plan for the world. Everything in the world has a purpose. I have a role to play which nobody else in the world can play. I'm the most chashu person in the world. Without me, the world can't function. You know what that means to wake up and feel like that? It's a, it's a challenge to feel like that because, like, you know, really, you know, who are you kidding? You know, without me, the Russian w- would not be able to function without me. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to function without you because it, he made you. He doesn't do things randomly. Obviously, he had a purpose for you. But did we know that for sure? Yes, we know that for sure. Why? Because the Russian told us in the Torah. I have such a clarity that my life is valuable. Life has purpose. That should give us a gewaltige feeling of, of simcha and tuv levov. And the, the puzzle says, but you didn't stop to think about that. So where should we stop and think about that? When should we, when should we think about that? What are the moments we should think about that? One of the moments is Elenu, for example. I remember when, we were, when I was in Tells, so there was a, uh, a couple moved to Cleveland for, for a year. It was an Israeli scientist that came to work with NASA, has a, a the jet, jet Propulsion Laboratory is in Cleveland. So he was working in that field. So he came, he, he moved in near the yeshiva, and he put his son in the yeshiva, probably tshuva. And the son's name, his name was Liron, Liron, would say Elenu. I mean, all the Bachram and the Mechina thought he was like from, the guy was from Mars. Elenu took him uh, four or five minutes. Elenu the Shavech l'adonakol. L'otzeis t'gedulah l'yotzeh b'alcheshis. Shuloi son, g'day al-matzeis, he would scream. And the, you know, the average American Bachram wasn't into that style, a teenage Bachram wasn't in that style of davening. Elena, you know, so they thought he was a little bit weird. Um, I was ready a young man, you know, and I just say, you know, this kid, but the kid didn't give up. He every single Elena, three times a day, Elena was an avoider. And the Velt says, you know, a story that's about you know Elena, at least Elena during Chazar Sashats of 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 Musaf gets the covenant, you know, you know Rosh Hashanah. Uh, Yom Kippur, you get Elenu in the Shilash Shemun Esrei Rosh Hashanah because Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur at least five times a year Elenu gets its, its just due. I have not mastered the ability to say Elenu in the time allotted. Uh, and that book, I think my, my Talmud or Bashir has the same problem. Like, you know, he never finishes Elenu in time to, unless he's not for the Yomad that he's still finishing Elenu when, when they already start, start saying the Kaddish because you can't say Elenu in the time at they have a life which is have a and we have the version which is the he's the and to stop and think about that for a little bit and from that vantage point we were waiting for the day that the whole world should know that right that Barsham, thank you. We have moments in in davening when we say thank you to Hashem that we have this clarity in our lives, and those are times we should take take advantage of. But the point is not just to say the davening nicely. The point is to it should come from inside of you that you really feel, of course, I'll tell you that you have a clarity in your life. We have to stop and miss button. What would life be? How empty life would be if we didn't have that clarity? We didn't know why we're here. We didn't know why that our lives are valuable. We weren't sure that the Russian hears that he cares. Right? It's depressing. Right? I'll just end with one, one story. 
Um, I was uh, was visiting an individual in the mental health ward in the hospital, and as I walked in, so the the nurse sees me, says, "Are you a rabbi?" I said, "Yes, I'm a rabbi." He says, "We have somebody needs to speak to you." I said, "You know, I came to visit patient X." So you know, afterwards I come to patient Y. Patient Y was a young man. Uh, I would say he was 17 years old, who had attempted suicide. Guy, boy with a keeper on his head. And uh, you know, I, I hadn't prepared for this conversation because I, I hadn't, I wasn't aware that he was there, and I had to come to visit him. I'd come to visit somebody else. But so I walk. They, you know, I'm thrown into this conversation. So he starts describing the sorrows that he has in his life. And I asked him, you know, did you dive in? He says. Hashem doesn't care want to hear from me. I'm not, I'm not important enough to hear that he wants to hear from me. He couldn't care less if I speak to him. And he doesn't answer when I talk to him. It was such a de- demoralizing thought to me that that's how he looked at davening. That davening is that the Russian doesn't, doesn't want to hear from him. He says, my life is such a mess, clearly the Russian doesn't care about me. He doesn't want to hear from me. So I have here something to say on the spot. Because you know, to tell him no, no, the Russian, you know, you get one of those conversations, it's not going to work. He's convinced X, you, to convince him Y is very hard. So I said, listen, I want to tell you something. The Russian might not think you're so chashiv, but he really liked your zaydi very much, and he liked your zaydi so much he's willing to hear from what you have to say because of your zaydi. So even though you've done averus and you've done bad things, and you think the Russian wants to hear from you, but he liked your zaydi so much he wants to hear from your zaydi. The Zaydi's name is Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov. And that's why you start showing us every, every, every time you say, Barshallah, you know what? Me, I don't deserve that you should hear what I have to say. But listen to me because you like my Zaydi very much, and therefore you want to hear from me also. So approach it that way. That's what I told him. The Barsham cares about us. Our lives are valuable. Our lives have purpose. The primary message of Torah is that the Russian has a plan for the world. That's why there's responsibilities and there's mitzvahs and isurim. That's the underlying message. Raya Kaplan, in, in one of his books, he writes, he says, if you think about it, this is Mesilah Shashor in Parakala. person to think, what is the, your purpose in life? But before you get to what is your purpose in life, it means you're assuming that life has purpose. And that's the curse of Torah. The, the, the message of the Torah is, it very clearly gives us that message. And without that, we would be bereft. And we have, of course, the Torah of the that the Rav Karli gave it such a clarity in the tar- through Avramavino's work, and through Yitzhak's work, and through Yaakov's work, and through the, the, the Dardaya, that we, ha- we have that clarity on a silver platter. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me that clarity that my life is purposeful. Okay, everybody say, have a good night.